This is Cruise Control. Control. Your on-air automotive magazine with co-hosts Fred Staub and Les Jackson. Control. Everything you need to know about new and used cars. Industry news. We'll fix or repair your car on the air. Fasten your seatbelts and let us take the wheel. Your ride is about to begin. Because you're on Cruise Control. Cruise Control. Cruise Control. Well, what a coincidence. We're on Cruise Control as well. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Cruise Control, your on-air automotive magazine. I am one of your two very familiar hosts. I'm Les Jackson. I'm at the wheel of the desk at the moment. Fred Staub, whom you all know, is over at the other desk with a big stack of material. Yeah. Uh, I'm assuming you think we're going to cover all this today? We are going to do it less because we're going to talk at twice the speed we normally do. But I'm going wow. to adjust the pitch down so, mm. yeah, we don't so sound, we like, sound uh, like the Alvin chipmunks. The chipmunks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So here we go. <laughs> well, actually, no, but we do have a lot of information to get to. The reveals, the summer reveals keep happening. And this time it was Ford. Ford reveals the new F-150 pickup with six, count them, six engine choices. And get this, Les, 11 different grill designs, sleeper seats, hybrid power, and enough electric power to run a construction site. So plenty of news to get to on that. And we're glad to have Brian Bell, Ford F-150 and Ranger marketing manager, as our guest later in the show. Yeah, I tell you, the Ford engineers have not been sleeping. Nope. Uh, and we'll talk a lot about it. Also, it turns out convertibles are just as safe as hardtops. That's according to a new study. But of course, there aren't a whole lot of convertibles. No, they're not. But it is interesting. Didn't you always think like, oh, no, I better not roll true. this thing over. <laughs> That's right. All right. And one auto ma- manufacturer's financial troubles may cause them to close-up shop, while another is rethinking the U.S. market. I'll tell you about both of them. That's right. And talking tech, because we love to do it, clutch by wire. <laughs> In well, the clutch. We knew that was coming. Yep. And Hyundai's hot Kona. This thing is going to get super hot, and uh, there's no way to cool it off. So we'll We'll tell you about that, all that, and more when we get rolling on this edition of Cruise Control Radio. That's the show you've dialed into. So especially if you're an F-150 fan, you're going to want to stay tuned for this uh, with our interview with Brian Bell, who is the F-150 and Ranger Marketing Manager. Uh, I watched the reveal. It was pretty cool. They had a lot of augmented reality, and they were talking about backing boats up to boat ramps, and all of a sudden there was a virtual boat ramp and a and a F one fifty towing a, a boat. Um, so pretty cool reveal, and uh, I I have to say eleven different grills. I don't know of any vehicle that has ever had that. Do you? No, I, I mean I I can think of right now just Ram with with two different front ends. Yeah. Uh, GMC and Chevrolet, but they're different brands. Well, we've got two of them up, pictures of them up on our Cruise Control Radio Facebook page. If you want to take a look, head on over there. You can like us while you're there. Check out CruiseControlRadio.com for more information. I'm Fred Staub. He's Les Jackson. We're glad you're along for the ride because you're on Cruise Control. (laughs) 
Listen to the live feed of Cruise Control Radio every Saturday at 10 a.m. Eastern. Go to www.cruisecontrolradio.com to find out how to do it. Is your car starting to show its age? Over time, paint becomes oxidized, faded, and scratched. But you can restore that tired paint and repair those scratches with the paint restoration system from 3M. It's an affordable way to make those repairs in your garage in just one afternoon with basic tools. The kit contains all of the restoration products and polishing pads you need to bring your vehicle's paint back to like new condition. For more information, visit www.3mcarcare.com. Cruise Control. Welcome back to Cruise Control Radio, your on-air automotive magazine. So good to have you along for the ride. Fred Staub, along with Les Jackson. Check us out at cruisecontrolradio.com for more info, podcast edition, history of Les's socks, anything like that. That's right. All, all there. That's right. Cruise now, con- <laughs> now, we're going to talk about wind in the hair driving. Uh, well, I'm wearing a hat because I haven't had a haircut in and, a while. <laughs> and we're not we're not going to make aspersions uh, to hair. <laughs> okay, or the lack thereof. <laughs> uh, that's that's that would be an aspersion. Okay, <laughs> so we'll avoid that. That's right. Uh, but um, yeah, drop heads, drop heads. That's what the British call drop them. Drop head. That's the British. Yes, I like that term. Yeah, I mean it is descriptive, right? Yeah, drop head. Fixed head is a, you know, is a regular roof. Yeah, well, a drop head uh, or convertible, you, you think about it. Did you ever think of, well, you know, this might not be the safest thing in the world if I get into an accident? Did you ever think about I that? Have, I've always, always uh, considered convertibles inherently dangerous. Right. You you think there's nothing over you. Some Some convertibles have roll cages some have some kind of pop-up uh bar or something like that but um there's been a very interesting study by the insurance institute for highway safety that proves in their case they're just as safe as hardtop vehicles isn't that uh, kind of it's surprising remarkable. yeah it, it really is remarkable uh the report states that although they appear to be riskier in hardtops uh, they, in fact, show that crash rates and death rates are lower for convertibles than non-convertibles, uh, but that the uh, differences for the driver death rates were st- statistically, weren't statistically significant. Well, but we are looking at statistics. Yeah, like, we, yeah. You know, tr- they say 21% of the convertible drivers killed were ejected from the from the convertible so that's a far greater percentage than in hardtop cars yeah you you whatever you do you don't you don't want to be uh ejected from a car uh yeah. no matter but what you know what i'll bet you half of those people weren't wearing seat belts yeah that's true that would be true uh, according to this study though if you have a convertible you're much more likely to wear seat belts I I would well I certainly agree with that because I drove convertibles steadily for forty years. And you always wore your seatbelt. Always, always. And you didn't have a fourteen-point roll cage over your head. Uh, no roll cage at all. Okay. Fact, you know this is cars 
the doors would open. (laughs) (laughs) No, you just hold on to them. That's, that's the safety feature. Yeah. Uh, the study did find how, however, that 21% of convertible drivers killed in crashes were ejected compared to 17% for conventional cars, but convertible drivers, as I mentioned, were more likely to wear seatbelts and were less likely to be speeding. I think that's true. I think you tend to not speed as much in a convertible. But, uh, you know, I still, even, even some of the new cars that have a glass roof, I think, like, what would happen if it rolled over? Uh... And bad things. Bad things. I, I still like seeing metal up there, even if it's not that heavy duty. Yeah, same here. What's the fastest you've ever driven in a convertible? Uh, 135 on a track. I can answer that. That's about that's about as fast as I've gone. Whereas in hardtops, we've easily approached the 200 limit. It, uh, on, it was on a track at Pocono at an IMPA event. It was an M3, the first M3 drove. The top was down. And I thought my ears were going to detach from my head. Yes. (laughs) Yes. That's one of the reasons people don't drive that fast in convertibles. It's the air pressure is tough on your ears. Yes. And so uh, I thought, yeah, that's, it's almost like riding a motorcycle or something, but without a helmet. And we did not have any helmets on, which is really smart. But uh, it was on the back stretch at the Pocono uh, uh, track uh, during, during a Impa test day. And it was the first time I also drove a paddle shifted uh, transmission, which I thought was great. That would, uh, you know, you could go into the corners, uh, up, down, up, down, you know, and that was the first, I think the first one I drove, which was really impressive. But yeah, that's the fastest I've ever been in a convertible. Um, I don't particularly like them because you get blasted by the sun, you know. Same here, same here. Uh, They're not practical. And uh, I think it's tough on the interior. And I see people driving around on these hot summer days in a uh, a car with black upholstery and the top down. (laughs) Never understood that. Yeah. It's like, I wonder what it feels like to be an egg, you know? (laughs) (laughs) So, hey, Fred Stav and Les Jackson, we will be back with more Cruise Control Radio after this. Who's going out of business, potentially? We'll talk about it. For the latest updates on Cruise Control, follow us on Twitter at Cruise Control Rad. That's C-R-U-I-S-E-C-T-R-L-R-A-D. Cruise Control Rad. Cruise Control. And welcome back to Cruise Control, your on-air automotive magazine. We were talking about... um, well, about convertibles and all that stuff. And uh, now, unfortunately, we have to talk about bad news. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. we don't like to see this. No. I, I mean, uh, it's bad news for McLaren, basically. McLaren, of course, has had a huge comeback uh, with a lot of their uh, very successful, expensive, but uh, very cool cars. Um, including their uh, exclusive Speedtail version of their cars. Um, That's right. But it looks like, uh, according to a report released by Forbes this week, that the situation is dire and McLaren could go under. 
The Formula One team has not been doing as well as it used to. Uh, and uh, the pandemic seems to have hit the brand worse worse than others. Uh, they have pumped $368.8 million into the That's brand. That's a lot of millions. Yeah. <laughs> That's... Uh, but uh, there's been a, a huge negative effect on sales and income. And they, the problem was compounded by the fact that McLaren has 60 days to pay suppliers from the date of invoice, and now they're looking for their money. Uh, who do you think would buy this? Hmm. Well, uh, in, the old, <laughs> in the old days, uh, Jaguar uh-huh. Land Rover would have bought it, but they don't have any money. Uh-huh. Um, I... Hmm. Here's the problem, too, for McLaren. It's a standalone brand. It is. Uh, If they go, you know, increasingly, uh, the emissions uh, regulations, especially in Europe nowadays, uh, they, you know, it's going to be difficult. Frankly, they don't have a crossover. And they are a very, very, very niche brand. Super IN cars. Um, and in the first quarter, uh, 2019 McLaren sold 953 cars, but in the same period this year, just 307 left the dealership floors. Yeah, it's no good. It's just no good. Who um, would buy them? What do you, who do you think would buy them? I don't know. Well, Volkswagen um, have another super brand, a more, <laughs> it would be funny. That would be their affordable supercar brand compared to uh, Bugatti, right? That's true. I think they could be the most likely if if they wanted it. The problem is, I don't think some of these brands that could afford to buy it, you know, and would like a halo type car, uh, want it. Yeah, yeah. It's not because they have to support a Formula One team, and they're building these things by hand and very labor yeah. intensive. And you're never going to be a volume manufacturer. You're never going to be able to compete. You're never going to be a full line manufacturer. No. Uh, so. So Ford is out. General Motors is out. FCA is out. Yeah, I don't think they want to get involved. Toyota, in no. No. Uh, I don't know. I don't know who who buys them. I really don't. But I think there will be someone come in and buy them just for, you know. To, uh, to do it, don't you, know, you? You know who ought to buy them is Mercedes. No, well, that's interesting. I don't know if they would or not. I don't know if they would, but they should because they need a racing halo image. Mm-hmm. We'll see. We'll see what happens with yeah. McLaren, but it's certainly coming down to the wire. As we say, it's probably less than 60 days at this point. Now, over to a more affordable brand... You and I have said that Mitsubishi, while they make some great cars, especially like their Outlander, uh, and if you're looking for probably the least expensive car sold in the U.S., the Mitsubishi Mirage, I think it's something like $14,000, you know, they have a very, very uh, small lineup of cars. It's primarily crossovers. Uh, It is... uh, two different crossover, three different crossover models, and um, and the very, very entry-level Mitsubishi Mirage vehicle. 
Uh, their future in the U.S. is kind of uncertain. Uh, it is, uh, according to Automotive News, they've learned that despite increased sales in the U.S., Mitsubishi is very likely to reduce its American market efforts. They will focus on regions uh, that have a solid momentum around the world, including Southeast Asia and Oceania. Where's Oceania? Wow. I was going to ask you. That must be a name for a region. I don't know. But Southeast yeah. Asia. Asia. Uh, and Nissan will be the leader. in there. Of course, they have an alliance with Nissan. Nissan will be the leader in North America, Renault in Europe, and Mitsubishi in those other mentioned regions. Each brand will play to their strengths. Uh, so even though they have increased volume in those big markets, they've not achieved the level of profit that they expected, according to the Mitsubishi CEO. We aim to increase sales in regions where we can offer core products. We will gradually reduce our commitment to mega markets like the U.S. Wow. So what does that mean? It, it's sort of a mixed message, isn't it? While we're not getting it's, out, we're not yeah, going to increase. It's kind of a, it, it sadly reminds me of where Suzuki was. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, about 10 years ago, and they went out eventually. Uh, they just, they were, they were following niche markets, but that wasn't really enough to keep the presence in the, in America. Yeah, exactly. Hey, you want to talk a little tech? Sure. Yeah. Clutch by wire. This is something that Kia is working on. Uh, it's what they call IMT. And clutch by wire that was uh, put into the Rio for Europe a few weeks ago. Six-speed manual transmission that's supposed to improve gas mileage and reduce CO2 emissions. The traditional linkage from the clutch pedal to the gearbox is going away. Typically, it's a very basic linkage, right? Either a cable or levers. Right. And, and you push on it and... The pressure plate releases and there you go yes well basically what this is going to do is be, is make that connection electronic so no more mechanical connection very much like uh gas pedals nowadays they're they're like right. a rheostat basically and this will allow uh this will allow things like start stop in manual vehicles which you typically couldn't get in the past. It will allow That's right. remote start, which you couldn't get in uh, manual vehicles in the past. And the transmission can cut off the engine sooner when you're deselling to a stop and reduce CO2 emissions around 3% in rural driving, according to the um, new European emissions uh, setup that's underway. Uh, and... Uh, you know, I think it will also help in packaging of clutch vehicles because you won't need that connection. You won't need to be running straight rods and things like that to get there. Obviously, a cable would, would work, but a, rods give a better feel. So um, will we see this in the U.S.? I don't know if they will go through all that problem for the few that order manuals. Yeah, with, with the percentage of uh, manual buyers out there, this would certainly be a more expensive system. Yeah, I don't see them doing it unless they just do away with the linkage altogether. I think the next thing you're going to see is completely electric steering. 
too. Because think about that. You have, still have the shaft. Even though you have electric steering, it's still connected by a shaft. It's not... Well, but that's by law. It has to be. Yeah. Eventually, that will change, I yeah. think. Well, I don't think it can because because you always the laws all around the world are that you in the event of power power steering failure you have to be able to steer manually interesting but and if you can't steer manually um what happens yeah yeah interesting interesting we'll have to see if that changes in the future but you are listening to cruise control radio when we come back we've got brian bell Talking about the Ford F-150 is the F-150 and Ranger marketing manager. We will be right back with details on the brand new F-150 pickup. So stay tuned. Cruise Control Radio goes live every Saturday starting at 10 a.m. Eastern. To listen, click the link on our homepage. Go to www.cruisecontrolradio.com. Cruise Control. Welcome back to Cruise Control Radio, your on-air automotive magazine. Fred Staub, Les Jackson, checking out the latest and greatest in the automotive world. We're glad you're on Cruise Control. Check us out at cruisecontrolradio.com. Les, big week. We've been telling you about all these reveals, but this is one of the biggest reveals. Best-selling vehicle for a long time in the United States. And that is the F-150. There is so much to talk about. I'm just looking at the uh, um, press release for this thing. It's like 50 pages long. Uh, but it was revealed this week, kind of a, a splashy online, socially distant reveal. We wanted to find out more about it. Uh, and we've got Brian Bell, who is the Ford F-150 and Ranger marketing manager with us this morning. Brian, you had a little bit of a busy week, didn't you? Where do we start? There's, you know, we always say on cruise control, when you go in to order a pickup, there are so many things you can order. It's probably one of the most involved vehicles if you want to start from scratch and order one from the factory. And you guys have so many choices. I, I guess I'll start with, you have six different engine choices now, including a hybrid model. Yeah, we sure do. And, uh, you know, that, that power of choice is important to our customers, right? So if you if you think about that pickup buyer, that F-150 buyer, they all buy a truck because they have a need for a truck, right? It might be towing their boat. It might be a work-related activity. that might be a DIY person that does a lot of hauling. It all starts with a need, and so we. Uh, but their needs are very different. So we have a lot of different choices for them that kind of fill those. And and uh, so we have a six power train lineup. Our four gas engines with the two EcoBoost and our V8 in there. That's great. Uh, we got our diesel, right, which is really good for those customers that that uh, that do those long distance towing kind of things. And then the hybrid, the new power boost coming in is a fantastic po- uh, motor for our, our customers. We call it the real uh, like a, a next level of and solution um, because it's going to have power and it's going to have efficiency and it's going to have great towing capability where right? uh, we're going to be over 12,000 pounds of towing with it uh, and at the same time we have this new feature that's coming on the truck that that's standard on the power boost that's a generator on it so every power boost engine will come with a standard 2.4 kilowatt generator wow. that you can upgrade to a 7.2 kilowatt generator <laughs> and uh, to kind of put that in perspective that 7.2 will power 28 refrigerators right really really wow. 
amazing what that what that vehicle is going to do for customers. So literally, Les, if you had this in your garage and you lost power in your house, you could use your F one fifty as as an emergency generator. Which I have thought about for years, and and just thought, you know, why why don't we have a plug on <laughs> on these hybrids? Be able to plug the house in. Uh, so good good for you guys at Ford. Yeah. And yeah, well, it, it's it's a great feature. There's there's rules on on vehicles and plug it into stuff that people should pay attention to with houses. There's new rules on it, but it can certainly power a lot of things for you. Yeah, certainly your refrigerator and your TV, and that's two of the most important things, right? There. That's, those are very important, and the air conditioning. Yeah, <laughs> and we should mention too uh, this new uh, 3.5 uh, liter power boost full hybrid, twelve thousand pounds of available towing capacity and a range of 700 miles on a single tank of gas. That Both those numbers are amazing. Now, this is an F-150. Towing 12,000 pounds, you don't have, if, if you don't have to tow heavy, heavy stuff all the time, you can have an F-150 and have that great capacity. That's pretty amazing from a, from a, oh, it is. a basically we, we a light duty truck. We all the time looking for it. Yeah. So, oh, sorry, sorry. So it's kind of like you can have an F-150 that might be a little easier to drive as an everyday vehicle, but also have that capability when you need it. You might not need it all the time. Maybe you tow a horse trailer or a car in a trailer or something to events, but uh, your F-150 can be your daily driver, and you don't need that big heavy-duty truck all the time. This could be a perfect vehicle for that. Right, Brian? Oh, very much so. And and we, like I was, uh, I apologize for jumping in there. The uh, We hear a lot of customers talk about that, that they want a truck that, that has great towing capability for them, still want that half ton because they don't tow a lot. So about 75% of our customers tow a trailer with an F-150, but less than half tow regularly. So they're looking for that, that great balance of the towing and everyday uh, uh, drivability with the vehicle. Now, uh, that brings up, you know, I'm in the D.C. area which is close to the Chesapeake Bay and the Potomac. And, you know, thousands of people have, uh, apparently the big thing is pontoon boats. Um, and and those, I don't think, are that heavy. So I would imagine it would be quite easy to tow one of those with an F-150 rather than having some kind of heavy-duty truck. Oh, I would, yeah. I, I had a pontoon boat uh, 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 for a few years, and it it. You know, it's a four or five thousand pound boat. It was it was fine behind my uh, behind my truck, but it's they're big, they're big and bulky. They push a lot of wind, and you're going down the road. But yeah, they're wide. Uh, the truck will certainly handle that. Yeah, uh, we should also say too. Uh, there's so many things to talk about, but this is one thing that stood out to me. I've never heard of this in any vehicle. You can get eleven different grills <laughs> on the new F one fifty from Ford. That's amazing. Eleven different grills. Uh, how, do, how does that all work out, Brian? That's pretty amazing. I don't think I've ever heard of that in any vehicle, ever. Well, when you, when you think about F-150, right, it's a vehicle for a lot of people. It does a lot of things, like I mentioned earlier. So we have a truck that starts still with manual windows and, and manual door locks, you know, and a bench seat, regular cab, just like they did 
you know, years ago, and we go all the way up to some of the most luxurious vehicles on the road with our limited. So we have six series, right, uh, when you do that. So you have those grills throughout those series. And then uh, within the series, we also have appearance packages because customers really like that, that personalization look. So you can come in and choose from, like, a base appearance, a chrome package, or a sport package, which is more, uh, you know, a dark colors, aggressive looks. Um, and so we have the different grills that kind of tie with those on the different series. Wow. Wow. And it, it makes the vehicle less look uh, completely different in many ways. If you look at, we, we have an example of two of them up on our Facebook page, people following along. You can see one is uh, like a very, uh, I guess what you call it a large egg crate type of uh, grill. And the other one is, uh, uh, I would call it some kind of a horizontal type grill. You probably have names for all of them, Brian, but that's me uh, trying to, to uh, talk about it. But it, it's two different complete different looks and there's more where that came from um we should talk about too you really went out when you revealed this you talked about you know you didn't just bring in random people and ask them whether they want a pickup truck you actually go out at ford and basically follow people around that own f-150s and see what they like and what they want in future models right well, yeah, not just what they like and want, what they do, right? We we actually want to see how they, uh, what they do with their truck, how they experience it, what makes their life better, um, you know. So uh, it was great research. I, I, you know, one of my favorite stories. I was down in Texas uh, with a with a gentleman, and we were at his house for you know on and off for a couple of days, uh, and he actually. We went boating. He wanted to take us out and show us how he tows his boat. He launches it by himself, uh-huh. um, you know. And so we went for a short boat ride in a lake down there, so I could see his towing experience and and his hitching and backing up and those kind of things. But it's uh, that research is really valuable. If you look at some of the new features in the truck, it really kind of it goes back to that research and what it told us. So, um, you know, about about half of our customers actually use like a laptop or a tablet in their vehicle. Mm-hmm. So, but they have to make up a way to do that. They don't have a great place to set it. They set it on the con. Console, they set it on their lap. What we did is we actually put in a uh, an interior work surface, you know, like a, a, a tray table type design. So on both of our trucks that have the bench seat and with the bucket seats, you can get these tray table uh, designs, our interior work surface. It folds out so that you actually have a great place to set that, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, we also heard from customers that that they go on these long trips and they're towing their trailer and they like to pull into a rest area and uh, and just get a little bit of rest. So we, we envelop, uh, developed a seat uh our max reclined seats that will tip back 180 degrees and then put some extra support in the thoracic area to actually make you really comfortable uh, so you can take like a little rest on those long hauls. So, you know, it was really a lot of thought went into this and, and watching those customers, living with those customers, experiencing what they do was really, really helpful for us in developing the right, uh, the next generation truck. You know, I wouldn't have, I just wouldn't have thought um, about something so obvious as a, as a, seat that would allow you to sleep um that that's also i can think of uh you know maybe one a passenger wants to sleep while you're driving overnight whatever um it's just it's such a great idea uh, i'm looking at the interior and and i notice uh first of all everything everything's laid out where the driver can easily reach it which it's become kind of a pet, one of my many pet peeves with vehicles <laughs> these days um, that, that, you know, that, that you can't easily reach some of the controls, which seems silly to me. Um, and, and yet 
it, it appears, I haven't been in it, but it appears as though it, you don't feel at all constrained. Um, did you, when you're designing that, how do you think about uh, fitting small people and really large people and all of that? I know you can move the seats around, but at some point, uh, you just have to figure maybe some people won't fit. Do you, uh, is that a real headache? Well, Brian, hold on to that answer, because I think that's going to be a little bit longer answer. We're going to take a break here on Cruise Control Radio. We are talking to Brian Bell, who's the Ford F-150 and Ranger marketing manager. He will answer less... Less is a very short question. <laughs> yes, extremely short question. <laughs> After the break, so stay <laughs> tuned to Cruise Control Radio. Cruise Control Radio goes live every Saturday starting at 10 a.m. Eastern. To listen, click the link on our homepage. Go to www.cruisecontrolradio.com. Feeling a little dim? Don't blame your brain or the weather. Hazy headlights may be the problem. Hazed or cloudy plastic headlights can reduce your vehicle's visibility on the road, making it very difficult to see the road and for other cars to see you. Now you can restore plastic headlight lenses to like new clarity with the Lens Renewal Kit from 3M, an easy-to-use solution for removing the yellowing and hazing that reduces headlight performance and visibility. For more information, visit www.3mcarcare.com. Cruise control. And welcome back to cruise control. We're, he's still we are, he's uh, still asking that question. <laughs> no, no, no. We are we are talking with uh, Brian Bell, who is the guru of the F one fifty for the new Ford F one fifty. It's quite a truck. And I was asking before the break, Brian, uh, how uh, when you're designing the interior for people, obviously people come in all sizes and. It has to be a huge headache for you to be able to accommodate the greatest range of of people. Um, how do you how do you limit that, or don't you limit that? We really don't. I mean, it's uh, there's a lot of work that goes in. There's a lot of uh, we have whole ergonomic teams that do that. You also mentioned reach zones. They work on that very hard to make sure that stuff that things are easy to get to within the right place. And then we have features that also help with it. So I mean, if you think about our truck. We have uh, uh, a tilt and telescopic steering wheel, so you can put it right where you want it. We have power adjustable pedals, so the uh, shorter stature, yeah, to bring those important. pedals closer to you. We have, uh, you know, and of course the seats have a lot of uh, adjustments to them that that you will let you get right in the right spot. So we really don't have issues with customers of all different uh, shapes and sizes buying the truck and being comfortable in it. Yeah, and one of the things that's big on the new F one hundred and fifty is uh, that display, that center stack display. Uh, it's like a, a, a very, very large tablet affixed to the dashboard. And one thing I took away from the reveal, Brian, was that you can use it with work gloves on. And uh, we were saying during the break that you can't, can't even do that with your cell phone. You, if you have a leather work glove or some kind of work glove, you know, you typically have to take it off to answer your cell phone. So I think that is a really cool idea. And again, it goes back to, to knowing your customers, who they are, what do they do with their vehicle, what makes that vehicle. You know, we think of the F-150 as a tool, right? Everybody that buys one needs it to do something. It's a tool to do a job for them or multiple jobs. We want to make it the best tool that we possibly can. So when you think about that screen, that in the, you know, and, and uh, on the truck, the, the new 21 F-150, um, they will all have touch screens now. So the standard, even the standard XL, the one I mentioned that has the manual windows and locks, will have an 8-inch touch screen in there. 
uh, with Sync 4 standard. Mm-hmm. And we've got a lot of great connectivity features. We can talk about in a minute about it. But then we added this new 12-inch screen that you're referencing right now. We put it in a landscape position as opposed to portrait mm-hmm. because when we researched it, um, you know, the customers still want those redundant controls for for uh, radio and climate controls. They want them in the place that they're familiar with. And so that landscape screen really let us put those redundant controls underneath and, and make them really logical and useful. And then that big 12-inch screen actually lets us split it so that you can do multiple things at once. You can have your navigation up on the left. You can put the the uh, you know the phone call you're on on the right or your radio station on the right. Uh, gives you a lot of optionality that way. You know, you, you brought up something interesting during the break. Uh, we were talking about how... Uh, you have a workspace there in the center console. One of the problems would be if you had a traditional shifter that's stuck there, you know, it makes it odd. You can't get a flat work, work surface. Uh, some manufacturers have gone to a dial for shifting gears. You stay with a traditional shift, but you want the extra step and this thing folds away and can be covered up and makes a great table or workspace. Yeah, we we uh, we researched shifters a lot. There were a lot of we had a lot of exciting designs uh, from our our design and engineering teams that we took to research and people used and we mocked them up. And there were some really interesting things. But one of the key things that came out of the of the shifter research is people really like to rest their hand on that shifter while they're driving. It's a it's a great resting place and they like that feel um, of that that solid feel of that shifter when they're when they're changing gears. Mm-hmm. And so we decided we would stick with this and find a way to make it work with our new interior work surface at the same time. And so that uh, that's how we developed the new uh, folding shifter. That's really neat. Um, just a, a quick overview of all the engines you can get, um, you know, to go along with all of the grills. <laughs> I guess that, <laughs> uh, not exactly an open choice for the grills, but, you know, for, for, for each uh, model. But engine-wise, um, can you get, um, is it possible to get all the engines in all the different uh, trim levels? Well, not not exactly. You can in our base truck, you can get all the engines. Uh, in our XL, you can get our base V6, our 3.3, which is now new with our new. It's been uh, tied to our new 10-speed transmission we launched a couple of years ago. Uh, you can get the 2.7 EcoBoost, the 5-liter V8, which is you know everybody just loves that engine. The 3.5 EcoBoost, um, the hybrid, or the diesel. You can get all of those in our in our XL, our base series. As you go up the lineup, though, um, uh, like when you get to to Lariat, then we start at our 2.7 liter, uh, and we drop that 3.3 off. We, we just didn't see a lot of, of uh, customers wanting it in their mm-hmm. in the higher end trucks. And then as you go up the lineup, uh, you know, limited. Uh, we'll have two engines, the 3.5 EcoBoost and the hybrid in it. Um, so we, we restrict them a little bit for, uh, uh, you know, based on what the customers are really looking for and want. But on that base work truck series, uh, those customers can choose any of them because we want to make sure they have all the capability they need uh, or that exact engine that they're looking for, regardless of what they're doing with the truck. And Brian, I think you had a 3.5. You had two 3.5s in the lineup last time, uh, uh, one at a, little, a higher power rating. Are you still going to offer that one? Uh, there's uh, no news right now on a, on the uh, high output engine that was in the Raptor. Uh, <laughs> you knew I was asking about news, the Raptor, didn't some you? News on, uh, on that later, maybe. <laughs> uh, but uh, you know the the three uh, three and the uh, uh, our base engine all the way up through the the power boost are a great lineup that we're launching for twenty one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then the other question, I mean, obviously, it's no secret you're working on an electric version of the F-150. It was talked about during the reveal. Um, 
I guess I like to get your take on it, Brian, because there's a lot of talk of other manufacturers bringing out electric trucks. One doesn't even look kind of like a truck, uh, if you know what I mean. Do you guys get upset that you're working on this product and some other people may beat you to it? Or do you just not worry and you just run your own race and, hey, we'll get ours out when we get ours out? Uh, yeah, we, we you know we, we've been the leader for 43 years. Uh, and uh, we do that by listening to the customer, doing what the customer wants, needs, um, and we're doing the same thing with the Bev. It'll be out within 24 months. We're really excited about that product. Again, it's it's all about finding out what that customer is going to do with the vehicle, how they're going to use it, and delivering a product that really, really is going to work for our customers, and we, and we think we're on the right path for that. So basically, as I say, Les, run your own race, get it engineer it yep. get, get it uh, dialed in and uh, and not worry about the other guys probably the best well it's, uh, it's the old louis b mayor when he was running the film studios motto you know do it right do it big and give it class i think les would like to apply for a job in your marketing department no no, no, no. <laughs> that would be great <laughs> <laughs> what are some of your other favorite features in the remaining couple of minutes we have here that stand out to you that we haven't covered brian well, you know, there's a lot of the, the, if I started going through the list, you you would need all afternoon, but we would need the, a um, couple hours. The, yeah. the, the 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 connectivity, the truck is going to be um the connectivity uh, to this is going to be fantastic. So, it's going to have full over the air update capability to it, um which we're really excited about, right? All of our vehicles now have that connected modem. And so we'll be able to push uh, uh you know, updates to the vehicle uh for most systems in it. Um, and as, as well as we're going to have things that are going to uh, let us app, update active drive assist features. So one of the uh, one of the ones we're really excited about is is um, actually it's called active drive assist. It's a hands-free drive mode. So at launch, we'll be able to buy the vehicle with a uh, with a prep kit for it that mm -hmm. uh, gives you the sensors and things that are required. And then when the software is available next year, you'll be able to purchase that software and download it through the over-the-air update system. And then you'll have, uh, on certain sections of highway, the ability to drive down the road with your hands off the wheel. And so I'm really hmm. excited about that. But there's, there's also a lot of other great uh, uh, driver assist uh, technology features coming to the vehicle. We have nine class-exclusive ones, actually. So we'll have lane centering and traffic sign recognition that goes with your cruise control, post-collision braking, reverse brake assist, and... Uh, uh, evasive steering system. We got all, just a lot of great new features uh, coming to really help the customer th with the vehicle, help it be a better tool for everyday driving going down the road. So, Brian, if people want to get a look at the brand new uh, 2021 F-150, where should they go? Ford.com. You can uh, you can find all the information we have available right there on our our Ford webpage. Uh, there's a whole section on the new F-150. Come check it out. All right. Good deal, Brian Bell. We thank you. Time for me to say I'm Fred Staub. I'm Les Jackson. We're going to see you down the road. Bye. Cruise Control Radio is your on-air automotive magazine. Go to www.cruisecontrolradio.com for more information.